on this first day of the new year and on this World Day of Prayer for Peace, it might seem strange that the Church chooses to celebrate the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. We might ask, why does she do that? And the simple answer is that it's really through Mary that we have a new creation, not just a new year, a new creation, because she said yes to the Holy Spirit, to the word communicated through the angel Gabriel. She gave her full consent to this new creation, and that changed the whole dispensation of the Old Testament, which was so plagued by original sin, this was going to be a new creation of grace through the birth that she would give to Jesus the Savior. And the church fathers, who were the first commentators of the scriptures, way, way back in the early centuries, saw this because they saw the Blessed Virgin Mary as the woman. Now that term is used extensively in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis where we have this tragedy, the fall. It's repeated 10 times. And we only hear the name Eve once after she's named by Adam. But the woman is a central character because, first of all, she is the one who initiates the fall because she listens to the serpent. And then she involves her husband. When God comes on the scene, he gathers the players, Adam and Eve, and the serpent, and says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. He will crush your head, you will strike his heel. That was the first announcement of the gospel. And the woman now is the central character. And when we look at the Old Testament, there's hints of how this will happen because we have such figures as Deborah, Jael, Queen Esther, Judith as well, who actually rise up and save the entire nation of Israel from utter destruction from their enemies. But the real victory comes with the Blessed Virgin Mary. We know this because St. John, who had this intimate knowledge because he was given charge of Mary at the cross, where Jesus said, Woman, behold your son. Now, what is the point here? When Mary is invited to a wedding feast, she brings along her son, Jesus, and like a good mother, she notices that there's deep trouble. They've run out of wine. This would be a catastrophe for the young couple. And she looks out for them because she intercedes for them. She brings that matter to her son and says they've run out of wine. And notice the response that Jesus gives. Woman, what is that between you and me? Now, Jesus knows very well. He chooses that title not out of disrespect, but because he's invoking the title from the Old Testament, the woman who will usher in the crushing of the head of the serpent. So Mary is the new Eve. And just as the first Eve prompted the first Adam to sin, the new Eve prompts the new Adam to begin his ministry. Jesus obeys his mother, and changes not just a little bit of water, but gallons and gallons of water into the finest wine, which fulfills prophecies from the Old Testament, which said when the Messiah comes, there will be an overflowing of wine 
and great celebration. That is how this title begins. Mary is the mother, not just of God, but of the whole creation, including us. Notice what Mary says to the steward of the wedding feast. Do whatever he tells you. That begins his ministry, because as soon as he changes water into wine, that's the first miracle, and we're off to the races. No turning back. Jesus has begun his ministry prompted by the new Eve. St. John also brings this to our attention in the last book of the Bible. So we have the book of Genesis, the first book, and then the last book is Revelation. John has been caught up into heaven, given a vision of the throne room of God. And what does he see? Because he writes it down, he's commanded to do so. He sees an Ark of the Covenant. Now the Ark had been lost for centuries. Actually, it was hidden away by Jeremiah the prophet just before the conquest of Babylon. He didn't want it to fall into enemy hands, so he hid it on Mount Nebo. But it was never recovered. And that was a real lack, because every time the high priest would go into the temple to offer the sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, there's no ark, there's no mercy seat to pour out the blood. Well, here in heaven, John sees the Ark of the Covenant, but the very next verse, which is the first verse of chapter 12, says, And there was a woman, clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, crowned with 12 stars, about to give birth to a son who would rule the nations with an iron rod, which is a direct quote from Psalm 2, a messianic psalm. So that is a picture in heaven of the Blessed Virgin Mary, body and soul, giving birth to Jesus, and there is the serpent, this time a dragon, ready to consume the child. There's enmity, total warfare. That's what enmity means. It means no cooperation at all. And that was spoken way back in the book of Genesis about the woman whose seed would crush the head of the serpent. No cooperation means the Blessed Virgin Mary would have no sin at all, because sin is always a cooperation with the enemy. She would be full of grace, exactly what the angel told her. Hail, full of grace. Here she is in heaven in this warfare, and notice what it says at the last verse of chapter 12, which really involves us. Then the dragon was angry with the woman, and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony to Jesus. Now there's the motherhood of Mary, mother of the church, all those who believe, that's us. So Mary is not only the mother of God, she's the mother of the church, of all Christians. That's why the church decides to begin every new year with the feast of Mary, mother of God. Mary, who looked out at the wedding feast of Cana for those who were in trouble, that young couple, now looks out after us. She's in heaven. She knows what's going on. The world's in trouble. And so what we are privileged to do as Catholics is to ask her to intercede for us because this is the other very interesting fact of Revelation chapter 12. When she's crowned with the 12 stars, it means she's not only mother, but queen mother. 
And in the Old Testament, the queen mother had the power in the kingdom. It wasn't the wife of the king, because the king often had many wives and concubines, but one mother. When Solomon was made king, on the very day of his coronation, he brought in a throne for his mother and had her sit down. He bowed down to her. He told her that he would fulfill any request she made. And from then on, every time there was a new king in Israel, whenever he was coronated, there was also the coronation of the mother, as queen mother. So it was a very important, powerful title in the Old Testament. That's why in heaven, Mary has this crown. She's the queen mother, which means she has this power of intercession. This is why we ask her to pray for us. All of this is such a gift to us when we really understand why Mary is such an important saint, queen of all angels and saints in heaven. As we begin this new year, let us invoke our mother. The rosary is a wonderful prayer. Let's ask her to pray for us, for sure, for the church, for our family of parishes, for the whole world. We begin that way, and our new year will be off on the right foot. So that's why we celebrate this feast. It's a beautiful recognition of God's gift to us. We have a spiritual mother in heaven who looks out for us. She has a powerful role to play in this new year.